this is terrifying, and I'm scared. I feel like I say that every single time I get up here. And honestly, I love it. And I want to thank all of you for giving me this amazing opportunity to get up here. And I also want to thank everyone here for being a uh, part of this amazing congregation. I know that this particular church has done such great things in my life and in others' lives, and I've watched it. And I just want to thank everyone here for being such an amazing congregation. So to get things started, my name is Jesse Delk. For those of you who don't know me, uh, please just come up to me. I'd love to get to know more people around here and get to know more people who share my same beliefs. And for those of you who do know me, yeah, they let me up here again. I have no idea how I managed to get up here again, but here I am. So today, uh, we're going to be talking about legacy. And there are so many reasons, more reasons than I planned, why legacy is so perfect today. The first one is obviously Keegan and Chloe. That is amazing. That just gets me so stoked just to get up here and speak. And just a great reminder, it's, it's not about us. It's about what we can do for others. Another great reason is Jesus himself was incredibly legacy mind terrified. <laughs> he walked this earth completely for the goal of leaving a legacy. And that is just so inspiring that he was so laser focused on one thing. Another reason why legacy is so perfect today is people are graduating and the season is changing. I just graduated high school a few days ago and it still feels the same. I was kind of expecting some like surprise, like adult moment where I became an adult. Uh, I still feel like a kid and I still feel like I barely know anything, but it is such a perfect time to talk about legacy. and I'm so excited to get this rolling. So I believe that all Christians come from a legacy. I don't believe I know that all Christians come from some kind of legacy. Whether that is the legacy of another Christian taking you in and teaching you and leading by example, or undeniably, we all come from the legacy of Jesus Christ. That's why we're gathered here today, because of his amazing legacy. My legacy um, started my freshman year in a class called Excel at the high school. And it's one of the few classes where all the age groups are kind of mixed into one class. And I remember walking in and I sat down and a guy didn't, okay, this guy's a senior, he's pretty cool. And he ended up taking a picture of me and drawing me into a cartoon character. And later ended up bringing me to Christ just because of that one co small conversation and that one small drawing. And that just goes to show how easy it is to create a legacy and how the impact of the small things will lead to incredible things. You Google legacy, uh, the first thing that comes up is will, the idea of your parents' will, uh, what they will leave behind for you after they pass or what your parents have left you for when they pass. So the idea and the first question I'm going to raise today is, what is your spiritual will? What are you going to leave behind in this place after you're gone? Someone that was incredibly pivotal, you could say, in my walk with Christ was a high school senior. Well, she was a high school senior last year. Her name was Sydney Swillam, and she was incredible, and she was always pouring into me. And one of the things she talked about the most was mission field. 
and realizing where your mission field is. Realizing where you're placed. It might not be where you want to be. It might not be your favorite place, but realizing where you are placed now to do kingdom work and where you're placed now to do work to try to get people to come to church, to try to get people to recognize Jesus. When I first think about mission field, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, my mission field for the last four years has been the high school. And when I was writing this legacy message, and when I was beginning to pray and beginning to study about legacy, I, I realized something. I'm about to leave this place. I had one full day in high school left. So a few questions might raise when we talk about mission field and where you're placed to do kingdom work. What if you're about to leave? What if circumstances are about to change? It takes one conversation, it takes one sentence to begin a legacy so much greater than yourself and so much greater than your lifetime. It took Samuel Palmquist five minutes to draw me into a Dragon Ball Z character in my Excel class and bring me to Christ. It does not take long and it doesn't take a lot of effort. It just takes the right mindset. The next question that might rise, and this is universal to wherever you are, is what if I've already messed up? I can't create a legacy. I, I've already messed up big time. You should all, for the most part, be familiar with Matthew. He was a hated Roman tax collector. Uh, terrible reputation. Nobody liked this guy. But his legacy lives on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, as we'll read from his recounts of Jesus today. The big question I'm going to be asking today, and the big question I'm going to be making an attempt to answer, is how do I create and continue a legacy in Jesus? How do I create and continue a legacy in Jesus? I'm going to be talking about two things today. I'm going to use these two things, use different illustrations, illustrations, and we're going to try to come to an answer. The first thing is surround yourself. What do I mean when I say surround yourself? Well, logically, if you want to be a great athlete, you'll surround yourself with great athletes. You want to be a great musician, you'll surround yourself with great musicians. You want to be a great rose gardener? Is that still a thing? You'll surround yourself with great gardeners. And I believe the Christians are the same way. If you want to be a great Christian, you'll surround yourself with great Christians. And when you surround yourself with great Christians, something happens. Something awesome happens. I've seen it time and time again. An atmosphere gets created. An atmosphere gets created when you surround yourself with great Christians. And you will become part of that atmosphere. Naturally, you will become what you surround yourself with. And I've got a kind of a story about this. Um, when I started coming to youth, there was a goofball here named Garrett Whitmer. Some of you, a lot of you probably know him. He's just off the wall, just crazy guy. And I started hanging out with him um, early in my high school years. And I remember being at home one night, and my mom was cooking dinner. And she asked me, hey, like, are you ready for dinner? And it was a completely normal question. I said, yeah, that'd be sick. And she looked at me like I was insane. Like, what do you mean that would be sick? It's dinner. And that was me becoming part of my atmosphere, learning the languages of my atmosphere, and started catching on this slang. I said, oh, yeah, dinner would be sick. What? That's just how crazy it is when you start becoming part of your atmosphere, and you won't even realize it. 
One of the most important things about a Christian atmosphere is finding an atmosphere that makes God more than just a concept, makes him more than just words on paper, makes him a concept, makes him a reality, makes him something more than just an idea, makes him somebody that you will pray to and have real conversations with. And most importantly, finding an atmosphere that will keep you in the Word of God. Romans, chapel, renewal of your mind through Scripture. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's actually in the Bible. That is like so epic. The spiritual renewal of your mind through Scripture. I wish I could just preach about that, but we're going to stick to this. So my goal for you is to surround yourself with other Christians and invite others in. This is such an important part of a Christian legacy because when you surround yourself and invite others in, people will look back and they might not remember your name, what you look like, anything about you, but they remember that you were like Jesus. And that's the most important part of a Christian legacy. Not that you're remembered, not that the crazy things you and your friends did are remembered, but that you were like Jesus. That's the most important thing. The second thing I'm going to be talking about today is become consistent. Surround yourself and become consistent. We are faced with a million questions every day. Someone bumps into you, someone glares at you, someone lies to you. It's not necessarily how you answer the one big question of, are you a follower of Jesus, that defines your legacy. But rather, how you answer the million small questions you get every day. Let's see if we can get back on track here. <laughs> Legacy is hard because of what it will cost you. We're going to jump into Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. It reads, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It's saying, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's consistently do what is good. And then the second half reads, at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. It's saying, consistently do good and endure, endure for the bigger picture. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. This is our main chunk of scripture today. So what we're going to be kind of bouncing ideas off of for the rest of this. It reads, Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. I've obeyed all these command commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Excuse you, I'm trying to read. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. So to sum up that story, Jesus told this young man who wanted eternal life, he said, sell everything, 
Then you can come and follow me. Then we can begin once you get rid of the things holding you back. But the young man, that cost is too high. Jesus, I can't do that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go away sad. That's, that's too much for me to pay. So my next question for you is what is your cost and when is it going to cost you? When is your cost and when is it going to cost you? When I spoke this message to my group of high schoolers, I immediately thought of reputation. That is the toughest thing in high school. Even I struggle with it. Maybe it's going to cost you reputation. Maybe you'll have to invite someone that maybe other people will think you're maybe not the coolest for hanging out with to go have lunch with you or to hang out with you or to spend time with you. Maybe it's going to cost you reputation to go reach to these people, but maybe that's your cost. Maybe your cost is money. Maybe there's a certain organization that you feel, I don't know about that one, Jesus. Maybe that's your cost. For me, and I feel like the most common one, and we can probably all find common ground on this, your cost being time. I feel like I never have enough time. Oh, I don't, have, I don't have time to spend with this person. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I'm just so busy. What are you going to have to give up to pay your cost of time so that you can make room for Jesus? See, the significance, and when you take a look back at the story, you'll see that the young man was put into a crossroad right when Jesus said, follow me. One side offering his possessions and one side offering Jesus. And he had to make the decision in that moment to either choose his possessions or choose Jesus. We are faced with that same decision every day, countless times, but in smaller questions of what are you going to say to that person? Are you going to spend time with that person? Oh, that person just looked at me funny. What am I going to do? Those are the questions that define your legacy. Those small questions and answering them consistently is how legacy is formed. So find your cost in sacrifice. I wonder if the disciple, or the could have been disciple, the young ruler in this story, could have looked back one thing I've learned about regrets in high school, and maybe some of you had a similar high school experience, is that you will regret what you miss out on doing more than what you do. You will regret what you miss out on doing more than what you do. I'm sure this disciple, or the could have been disciple, young ruler, apologies, would look back on this story and he would have regrets. His possessions don't mean anything anymore. But the legacy he could have left by following Jesus, we could be reading his book of the Bible. But instead he chose his possessions. He chose the moment. So if there's someone out there that you know today that you need to have a conversation with about Jesus, don't be the young ruler. Be consistent in the path you choose. Go have those conversations today. There's no reason to wait. Your possessions on this earth, your reputation, your money, your time will fade. But the legacy you leave behind when you choose the Jesus path are forever. So the answer to our question, how do I create and continue a legacy in Christ, is answered in one sentence. A legacy is a product of being more like Jesus when it costs. A legacy is a product of being more like Jesus when it costs.
What does that look like? That looks like surrounding yourselves and inviting others in. That looks like becoming consistent and choosing Jesus. That looks like finding your cost and sacrificing when you're called. I'm leaving you all with a challenge today. Um, Try to hold each other accountable. Maybe come back next Sunday. Ask somebody about it. Ask me about it. Let's all try to meet someone new this week. If you, if you take nothing else away, let's just all try to meet someone new this week. Because who knows the legacy we could start if a bunch of Christians go out and try to meet someone new. Thank you guys again so much for having me. I love this place. Love all you guys. Let me pray.